Are you emotionally intelligent? Let's find out. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Ben. Yes. Your company raises money for a children's charity and collects donations from all employees. Okay. Now, you and your boss are counting the donations, which total to the amount of $10,200. Your boss decides to even things out a little bit and takes the $200 for himself. Oh, man. Now, you're the only two people in the room. And there are no cameras, so, you know, he can't easily get away with it, or so he could easily get away with it. Your boss doesn't seem to care, emphasizing that most charities are scams anyways. (laughs) What would you do in response to this? Uh, Probably quit my job. Is that one of the options? (laughs) Okay. Okay, So here are our options. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) These are your options, Ben. What is, I'd insist what, is, that, what is the charity? Like, exactly what are we solving here? It's for children, dude. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> kids. That's it, all that matters. If there's kids involved, right. it's like... It's a good thing. Right. It's a good Got thing. It. All right. We're helping kids. Let's just say cancer kids. All right. <laughs> okay. So, option one, you'd insist that he or she put it back because it's just wrong to take money from children. Okay. And you'd hope that he would change his mind. Two, you uh, insist that he put the money back uh, or you're going to tell upper management or the rest of the employees. Okay. And that you'd actually do so if he didn't return it. Okay. So one is insist because it's the right thing to do, basically. The second one is because otherwise I'll tell somebody, tell on you. Yeah. Okay. Or three, threaten to tell and uh, if he doesn't put it back, but you wouldn't actually do so. Oh, okay. All right. Um, make a disapproving face at most, but would let it go. <laughs> make a disapproving face. That's great. Okay. <laughs> all right. Man, there's a lot to remember. So that's, all right. Those are my first four options. So what, what's yeah. next? Let him get away with it. 200 isn't much and the charity will get, you know, buy with $10,000 anyways. Okay. Or threaten to tell unless he or she gave it back. Okay. Those are all somewhat similar, but I think I can see the distinctions between them. So this is, all right. Are you sure this is an emotional intelligence uh, question and not a ethical question? (laughs) I guess it's kind of both. Well, I think... It is. And I think probably some of your emotional intelligence that has to do with how you handle certain things. That's true. It's true. It's all about like telling him the ethics isn't really the question. You're going to try to get him to give it back in any case. It's more about like, what is your strategy to get him to get, give back the money? Well, and I thought, interestingly enough, you essentially said, Hey, you, you would quit. Boom. (laughs) I mean, in real real life, if that really happened, I would definitely start looking for another job immediately. If I knew like my boss at working at a charity would be like, Doing that, I would, yeah, I'm trying to think honestly what I'd really, really do. And you know what I actually answered? What? 
So I actually, you know, maybe this tells a lot about me. Oh crap. <laughs> um, uh, I said, I, I selected that if I really thought about, okay, I'm in this situation. Yeah. Someone, you know, did something like that. I'd insist that they put it back because mm-hmm. it's wrong to take money from children. Right. And then I, you know, hope that they would, you know, do that. Like, yeah, I think there's a part of me that, you know, is like, listen, this person obviously is going to make their own bed. Like I'm not the person to, you know, judge how they do things or tell them what is right or wrong or whatever. But I would just say, Hey, like, come on, dude, don't do that. Don't take the money. It's for kids. And then if hopefully that'd be enough peer pressure that that person would be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I I would pick number one. That would be, I wouldn't, I, I don't, I don't like the idea of using a threat to do it or like, you know, I'm going to tell if you do this. Yeah. I would insist for, I guess at some level, if they did do it and I told them like, don't do it, that's not cool. Like, this is like, what are you doing? This makes no sense. Why do you even work here if you're doing that? First of all. And then if, if that didn't work, I probably would be like, Hey, look, I don't want to do this, but I will, I will go talk. Sorry, train. Hold on a second. <laughs> Right, big you, wheels you keep on it? turning. You know what we need to do, Ben. This is what we need to do. All right. And if we're recording an episode and the train happens, like we yeah. need to have like some sort of like something that like happens. You know, oh, like a vi- in the video, we'll have like a train go across the street. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Like we'll like all of a sudden, or, or like a train whistle. Yeah, exactly. You just have like a whoot, whoot, like a cheap little train whistle. Yeah, yeah. Like I pull the train whistle and I blow on it. Or or maybe like we both like have to drink a Lacroix as fast okay. as we can. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, I like it. I like feel the burn. It's like in the middle <laughs> of the interview. We're like, all right, stop the interview. <laughs> Just so you know, if the train whistle happens, we do have to crush the Lacroix. <laughs> all right, so all right, what was I saying? I want to start back to where I was. Um, whatever. All this has stayed in the episode, oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> Uh, sure. We're not cutting any of that. That's all value add. <laughs> right. You Prob- vote. Why don't you leave us a review and tell us what we should do when that train whistle happens in the future? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that sounds great. So probably what I would do is in, in real life is I probably would, first of all, be like, uh, try to rationalize with the person. Be like, this is, you know, here's the reasons you shouldn't do that. Like, uh, you know, I don't think you should do that or whatever. Confront them about it. And then if it really became a problem that you still did it, I would tell their boss if they had a manager because I think their manager would need to know that was happening. I wouldn't use it as a threat to get them to stop, but I would tell them I was going to let the other person know. Yeah. And then I would probably start looking for another job if the manager didn't fire that person. Yeah. Or if that was the manager. I think, yeah. I think number one, that's the, the best one. Okay. Well, you and I are on the same page. Yeah. I think we, we could totally work at a children's charity. <laughs> exactly. Hold each other accountable. Don't skim anything off the top. All right. Mine is much less complex. Yours was like a math problem and it hurt my brain. So here, here's <laughs> yours. Irene's friend is angry with her and Irene has no idea why. How do you think she should resolve the situation? Number one, ignore him or her until she he or she gets over it Two, angrily demand an explanation three calmly ask what's bothering him or her or four behave normally around this friend and hope that the issue blows over 
oh, also five, <laughs> apologize for whatever it is, quote unquote, that was done and hope this friend forgives and forgets. Or six, I don't know. I didn't know there was an I don't know option. <laughs> uh, you know, I would say, you know, just thinking about myself in a situation, I, I sometimes like to just address things head on, you know. So I would probably just say, hey, I'd like to talk, you know, is, is something going on? Yeah, that makes sense. You wouldn't angrily demand an explanation? <laughs> you tell me or else <laughs> my friendship is over. <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah, I, I'm not the type of person that, that that would do that or like behave normally around your friend and hope that the issue blows over unless I know that person really well and that sometimes they just need a little time to calm down and I like already know what's wrong, you know? It does mm-hmm. say like if you have no idea why, but if I kind of know what's wrong and I know they don't really want to talk about it then they just kind of need some time, then sometimes I'll give them some space. But, but yeah, most of the time I would probably calmly ask what's bothering them. Yeah. Well, listen, if you're listening and you're wondering, what the heck are these guys talking about? Well, we're actually talking about emotional intelligence, also known as EQ. And it's defined as the ability to understand and manage your own emotions, as well as recognizing and influencing the emotion of those around you. So the higher EQ you have, the better leader you'll be. And so this is something that you know, I needed to be reminded of and to be self-aware of, if you will. And I think it's something that all of us can can benefit from. The, the more that we're aware of the emotional intelligence and what are the, f- the four pillars of emotional intelligence, um, the better off um, we can manage ourselves and manage those around us. And so really, I want to just kind of get into this. It's pretty simple. There's kind of four um, parts to kind of break down emotional intelligence. Um, so there's like four competencies. And the first one is self-awareness. And really, this is the most important of all the pillars. It really describes your ability to not only understand your strengths and weaknesses, but to recognize your emotions and the effect they have on you and your team's performance. Um I've worked for bosses in the past that had no self-awareness and, you know, when they would get angry or whatever, it was just, they were, they were just in their own world and they were completely exuding that negative energy. And you were just like, Hey, yeah, I I feel bad right now because you obviously have something going on, but you're not, you know, intelligent enough to let that go. For sure. Yeah. I've, I've definitely had that too, either anger or like, frustration or maybe disappointment but you can kind of read what's happening but they won't kind of address what's happening so it can it can be awkward yeah you know uh we actually did an interview with tasha yurik recently um and she's a part of one of these stats and according to her research um she's an organizational psychologist um 95% of people think they're self-aware but only 10 to 15% actually are wow Um, so really, I mean, I think that's why it's one of those things where we probably all walk around like, yeah, I'm pretty self-aware, but the truth is that only 10 to 15% really are, unless you're thinking about it and taking action, I, you know, actionable steps towards being self-aware. So if you think you're not self-aware, then you're probably right, which means that you are self-aware. Is that how it works? That's probably right, Ben. I think you just hacked the system. 
I'm I a think- genius and I'm very self-aware. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I heard that you scored the highest on your self-awareness test at Staples. Dang it, I didn't want you to bring that up. (laughs) I'm blushing. Yeah, I got a pretty high score on my EQ test when I worked at Staples, so I'm going to add that to my resume. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) So self-awareness, you know, I think in order to bring out the best in others, we first need to bring out the best in ourselves. And that's where self-awareness comes into play. And so one easy way to assess your self-awareness is by completing a 360 feedback, uh, you know, where you evaluate your performance and then match it up against the options, uh, opinions of people around you, you know, your wife, your close friend, um, you know, to sit down and ask them, hey, how, how do you think? I perform in these areas or, you know, how do you feel that my self-awareness is? Is that like you take a test and then they also answer the same questions about you and you see if you like match up with it? Yeah. I I think, I think it can be something as complicated as Mm -hmm. that, but I also think back at episode 26, we talked about quarterly Mm check-ins with our Mm -hmm. team and you talked about a part of that check-in where you ask the employee, Hey, how, how do you feel I'm doing as a Mm -hmm. boss? You know? And so I think that could be something that can measure some of your self-awareness, right? Cause if you think you're the awesomest boss ever and you're so generous and all these other kind of things and you say, how am I doing? And they're like, well, I don't think that you do X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, there's obviously a disconnect here because I think I'm awesome and and someone else thinks I'm not. So I need to take charge of that. And and figure out how do I make a difference, you know? Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so the next one is self-management. The next pillar, pillar number two, if you will, is self-management. And self-management really refers to the ability to manage your emotions, particularly in stressful situations, and maintain a positive outlook despite setbacks. Uh, You know, leaders who lack self-management tend to react and have a harder time keeping their impulses in check. And I would say this is self-management is probably one of the ones that a lot of us can recognize right out of the gate in the sense of, you know, I know for myself, I'm an emotional eater. Mm-hmm. All right. I, whenever I'm like stressed or down or whatever it is, I'm like, let's get some grub, yep. you know? And that is a sign of emotional immaturity right? Because when I allow a situation or a feeling or whatever to dictate my actions, that means I'm acting in a way that is immature. Mm. And so um, self-management is one of those things where you can maybe look at areas in your life and to see how you react to certain situations and whether it's good or bad, um, you can kind of know where you stand in that. I think for me, one of the biggest challenges for me is that I won't become angry quickly in situations, but I have noticed sometimes if something, and sometimes an unintentional criticism, I become defensive, you know, pretty easily in some Mm. certain situations when it's something that really hits close to the core of my identity, you know, or something I believe I should be good at or be responsible for. Then sometimes I will unconsciously like start becoming defensive and kind of saying like, oh, well, this is the reason why I do it this way Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, anger is not a problem usually, but like, yeah, I think this defensiveness is something I could work on in that area. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of those things like the more you're in tune with your, you know, emotional intelligence, it it allows you to, you know, slow down, take a breath, right? Like when something comes up that triggers you, 
you know, like, all right, I need to, to manage my emotions right now. And, um, you know, taking a walk, calling a friend, um, you know, just stepping back from a situation and making a decision. So if you're able to do that, right, that, that, that speaks to your emotional intelligence. Um, and that speaks to your ability to self-manage, which the better you are at self-managing, the more emotional intelligence you have. That's really good. Yeah. So the, and the next one on the list is social awareness. And this is a big one. I know that, um, you probably are a king of, you know, <laughs> king of so- is- <laughs> what is social awareness? Well, then we'll decide if I'm the king of it or not. <laughs> I'm not aware of what that is. So, well, okay. So I think it's, it's, it's one is to, it's important to understand obviously where we are as, as far as our own emotions, but also we need to understand, especially as a leader, mm-hmm. you're, you have to have social awareness to be able to read a room, yeah. right? So when you come into the office and you notice somebody's down, like, do you recognize that? Right. Are you able to get in tune with that and then respond to that? Yeah. So, you know, social intelligence essentially describes your ability to recognize others' emotions mm-hmm. and the dynamics in play within your organization. Yeah. I definitely feel very aware of that. Maybe like too aware or not too aware of it, but too, uh, you know, it can definitely become something you think about and want to like fix everything all the time, you know? So it definitely, definitely is one of those things where it can be really helpful to notice it. I'd rather notice it than not, but also it can like wear on your mind if you're like very aware of whatever's going on. Yeah. Well, and then that, I think that goes back to, you know, self-management, right? So if you find yourself caught up emotionally like in your head about things or how someone's feeling you're not regulating your own yeah your own feelings and emotions on those things yeah that makes sense and so um you know they say that leaders who excel in social awareness and practice empathy you know they strive to understand their colleagues feelings and perspective which enables them to communicate and collaborate more effectively with their peers and i think that's a big one yeah i think um, that's something that I'm always thinking about as far as like having empathy for my employees, remembering what it was like to be an employee and then also what it was like to have a boss who wasn't self-aware or who didn't have any empathy for my situation. Mm-hmm. And so always kind of checking your own range on on where are you when you think about other people around you? Are you always thinking about yourself and your needs and your wants or are you thinking about your team members and what would benefit them? You know, we're kind of in the process of looking for a new office space. And so on one hand, there's like, all right, this is what I want. This is what the business can afford. And this is um, what will fulfill the need. But then that may not always align with where my employees live and how long of a commute they have. And, you know, all these other ancillary things that come into play when it, you know, pertains to where we office out of. And so I try to think about that as a whole, like, okay, each person lives in this area. If we move to an office that's close to me and convenient for me, how does that impact them? You know? And so I think there's just a lot of ways that we can look into different things that, that we do and have that empathy and, and that awareness to, you know, manage that. So the social awareness is big, I think. And I think people like people who are social aware, you know? For sure. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. And then the last pillar, relationship management. 
And so relationship management refers to the ability to influence, coach, and mentor others and resolve conflict effectively. So some people prefer to uh, avoid conflict as, um, you know, I do when the charity guy stole 200 bucks, you know, I'm <laughs> like, like uh, Hey man, I want to do yeah. that. But I'm <laughs> you're also kind of like, I wish I didn't see that. So I don't have to deal with this situation, but it's good that I did on the <laughs> exactly. other hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's important to properly address issues as they arise. I think, you know, it's so easy to not want to deal with something or want to just ignore it and think it's going to fix itself or go away on its own. But again, I think, the moniker of a a leader with a high emotional intelligence is relationship management. Yeah. And I think that's something that we all that we all want. We want a high EQ. Yeah. Because we'll be better leaders, we'll be better people, and um, our businesses will thrive. That's awesome. Yeah, just w- one thing on the avoiding conflict, I totally agree with. It's better to a- address it, but that's just something I personally uh, struggle with because... Um, I don't know if you're, I think you're familiar with the Enneagram, but you know, um, yeah, you know, I'm a, a nine on the Enneagram, which basically the core, one of the core things about a nine is avoiding conflict. So something that I've had to overcome, especially as being a leader Mm. and I've just learned that often running towards conflict is the best way to solve a problem. So let's say, you know, there's some situation with the client where there's a misunderstanding of what we were delivering versus, you know, what, uh, what they had expected. The best thing to do instead of avoiding it and not emailing them back right away, or, you know, just like maybe you're talking over email. I'm like, no, the first thing to do is I'm going to call them right now, get them on the phone and talk through every problem that they have and understand it as best as I can, you know, because it's like, that's actually going to decrease the conflict long-term. If I can go ahead and just get them on the phone, talk through every little problem, Run, so running towards it right in the beginning actually ironically causes less conflict conflict for me long-term because I solve the small conflict right away before it gets too big. So um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that point. Yeah. All right. So just do a re- quick recap. In order to increase your EQ, it's important to take a look at the four pillars that encompass it, which are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. You know, as leaders, we set the tone for our teams and businesses. So if we lack emotional intelligence, it could have major consequences resulting in lower employee engagement and a higher turnover rate. Um, You know, we might excel at our job technically, but if we can't effectively communicate with our teams or collaborate with others, those technical skills really can only take us so far before we fail. Yeah, that makes sense. Do we have uh, an action item this week? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking uh, for an action item this week, one is go back and listen to that episode, uh, episode 26 on um, performing a review, um, how to do a quarterly check-in with your team. And that might inspire you um, a little bit. The other thing you can do, and I did this, um, is I actually psychology today and I'll get a, a link in the show notes, um, has an emotional intelligent intelligence, a test, which you can take, which is extremely in depth. It, it's a 45 minute test. There's like hundreds of questions wow. on it. Um, but at the end of that, you kind of get a full report 
of, you know, where you are and what areas you could work on in order to increase your emotional intelligence. Mm. So um, check that out. That sounds really good. I think I might actually do that. Well, awesome. Um, if you guys want to check out the show notes for this episode, you can go to thefridayhabit.com and you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the very bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System. And that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. That's right. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave us a review, uh, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, wherever, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast, go ahead, leave us a review, rate the show, and uh, subscribe. Uh, it lets us know that you're listening, that you uh, are enjoying the content we're creating, and inspires us to continue to create more content. Um, and you can leave a little note and tell us what we need to do every time that train whistle happens. <laughs> Needs some kind of sound effect. I mean, it is its own sound effect. So I don't know it if is. we need to do anything. It's like a built-in sound Just wait. effect. Just listen. Listen to the train and then continue. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for listening to the Friday Habit. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday.